Welcome to Trade-Offs, a show where Patrick Campbell and Keaton Shaw collect data to understand the trade-offs that product teams are making. Today, we're discussing freemium as a product pricing strategy, when to use it, common misconceptions, and the trade-offs product teams should consider while managing a new product. Let's talk about freemium. Freemium. But freemium? Like, wait, why would you wait, give something wait, away wait, for free? Wait, hang on, hang on. This is like the first topic you and I ever really bonded over. My views on freemium have evolved a lot. I have definitely written posts on like why you shouldn't do free. But the reason was less about like it's not a good strategy and it's more about I think a lot of people, what they do, especially with their pricing models, is they're just like, cool, here's here's free. That's our pricing. And I think the thing that we miss is that freemium is not a revenue model. It's an acquisition model. Yeah. So the way you have to think about freemium is like a premium ebook. Like a print, like it's an offer, like right, and so it's open the top of the funnel. That's what you're supposed to do with free. And there's a lot of implications that we'll get into the rest of the time today. But like that's that's the big misconception about free is that it is it is used to acquire customers and to own the lead, um, and that's the big thing that you were advocating for back then. Yeah, you want to get as many customers as you possibly can as fast as possible. Totally, there's no other model that'll get you them faster than freemium because people love free stuff. Like it's that. Yeah, it's that I, absurdly simple. Well, and I think that the the big thing that people think about, they think there's a trade off with free and quality, and I think that's a that's a journey that we're still getting over as an industry, where a lot of people associate, a lot of people think like our freemium product isn't good because it's free. So or how have you like Yeah, we've done a lot of stuff. So yeah. I mean we haven't done enough. Yeah. Um, one, we've just made sure it's good. You know, yeah, we, of course. our features, you know, our features are ahead of our competition. Yeah. Um, and then also just like around product marketing, right? So just like, yeah. hey, more people use us than all of our competitors combined. Yep. Um, you know, making sure that they see that there's some big logos, like some enterprise companies using our free product. Yep. Um, and then just learning a lot from the open source movement. It is free. Uh, and totally. so that's, that's one of those things where there's a lot of like existing history and existing knowledge that you can pull from. Yeah. That. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, freemium is a new thing. And it's not really new. No, it's definitely not new. Yeah. I mean, you even have freemium, like, you know, buy one, get one free was, you know, kind of a freemium type discount back Absolutely. in the day. Yeah. There's freemiums like, hey, the first one's free. Samples um, are free. Samples yeah. are free. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that's Mag- You, you open a magazine, you can smell the perfume. Yeah, the cologne, that right? kind of that's, stuff, that's right? Too. Yeah, totally. And Give so you I a think taste that's... for free. And again, that's all acquisition strategy. All just like you acquisition. Said. Yeah. All right. So we both care about it because it's acquisition. Yeah. We want to get our products out to as many people as possible. Totally. As fast as possible. Yeah. And I think with, with ProfitWell, to give the, the story a little bit yeah. of like why we went free. So for those of you who don't know, ProfitWell, is a, we have a number of different products, but um, the, the core product is a free subscription financial metrics tool. We were going to do a paid product because we were sitting with a company that we were helping before their IPO with their pricing, and we discovered that they were calculating their MRR completely incorrectly. Yeah. So we were super excited. We were like, oh, this is the product. It's going to make us really rich. It's going to be awesome because yeah. the CFO taking two other companies public, you know, hasn't figured this out, right? What we discovered is all of a sudden we launched, and, and launch is a very generous term, but we started getting users on it. Then all of a sudden we had a very, very popular alternative bare metrics launched. We basically went out and we researched and we found people don't want to pay for analytics. Um, or, or more specifically, the value of analytics does not scale with the size of a company. Right. So long story short, we had this kind of like narrative like going on and it was kind of guiding us to either scrapping the product or basically going free. And what we ended up doing was going free because not only were there like cool CAC implications where we kind of like own the lead, but for us, we get this interesting network effect to train all of our other algorithms for our products that help you make more money. Yep. So our retained product, that's fed by all the data from our huge customer base or user base. 
marketplace. Um, and that makes us better at our jobs. It's just making people more money through our different products. Yep. And ultimately, I think that we probably, I mean, there's an argument to be made that we went free too early, uh, mainly because I don't think we knew enough about our customer before we went free. And so that causes resource constraints, um, you know, product roadmap constraints, all these different things. But for us, ultimately, what it, what it allowed us to do is basically train our own market and own those leads over time. That's What's going right. on with That's Crazy Egg, story. though? Because you've done some stuff with Crazy Egg with free, yeah? Yeah. Um, Crazy Egg is actually a reason, FYI, and anything I ever work on going forward, never say ever, but um, yeah, <laughs> um, is going to be freemium. And the main reason is Crazy Egg actually started back in 05, and we were freemium. Yeah. We were free. We had a we free plan. We were one plan. of the first like, SaaS apps. Yeah. OG. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, totally. And it was first, I think one of the first SaaS apps that was actually self-service. Yeah. So Crazy Egg still exists today. Uh, it creates heat maps where people are, are clicking on a page uh, and gives you that kind of visual representation. We were the one, one of the first to do it. Mm. And it was also a new market. Like It was just something that really didn't exist or a resegmentation of analytics. And free was really helpful in the beginning to spread the word. Yeah. And then we realized that we weren't able to make enough money because I, I think, one, the knowledge didn't exist that it, that does today. Two, the analytics of tracking product metrics and things like that. It just wasn't like we, didn't, we weren't doing it. Yeah. And so we decided to flip the switch and make it a credit card up front, free trial product. Um, and we actually iterated into that. We started with just a free trial, no credit card up front. And then we went into credit card up front. Um, free trial. And uh, I, I'd say if there's anything I even remotely can say I bear, I regret or, or feel like we should have done differently is we should have figured out how to make free work. Mm. And and then a lot of the competitors that came in the market, the commoditization of heat maps. Free, a lot of them too. Yeah, they all started with free, yeah. actually a majority of them. Um, they wouldn't have existed, mm. right? Because we would have been doing such a good job that more people would know about the product and the business. And so I don't want to make that mistake again. It's hard We'd, to see that in 2005 though. Yeah. I wear my mistakes on my shoulders sure, or sure, sure. Wh- wh- whatever you want to call it uh, yeah. on my sleeves. Uh, and like, I-, I think it was a mistake and yeah, it was hard to see it, but then that makes me feel dumb. Right. With FYI, particularly even with our product habits business, which is a lot of free content right now. Uh, when we do build product, we're thinking, well, what markets can we get into where free makes sense? Sure. And so what we wanted to do was make sure that we can expose as, as many people to the product as fast as possible because yep. then people will actually experience it. And we wanted to reduce the friction of that from a product standpoint. So freemium is what we're going to make work no matter what. Uh, and that's a very personal choice, I would say. A good example of this is HubSpot coming in and building a free CRM mm. when most of the CRMs are not free. None of them. Right? They don't start yeah. free. So that was a really strategic move in the market. So that's another way that you do it. You look at a, a market and you say, oh, nobody's free. What can I do for free? Because yeah. then I'm going to at least be able to get customers. And when you're in a really hyper-competitive market like CRM, that can be a really good acquisition strategy. Like actually one of the best ones because you're basically building uh, a free product that no one else has. And people will switch from a paid product to a free product once they realize it can solve their problems. Yeah, I think that the one... I think the one interesting, maybe I don't think it's a difference. I think it's just like a like an angle that I come at more so is, I think freemium is going to be a part of everyone's strategy in the next ten to twenty years. Yeah, but it might not necessarily be a product that is an absolute pure upsell directly into your paid product, right? So if you think about like HubSpot, for instance, I think that was super smart, you know, going after that freemium play. Yeah, but I think the other thing that they could have done, like. Website grader is something that they have. Yeah. That's technically a free product. Yeah. Right. And like you don't really create an account or anything, but like it's technically a free product that then like is an upsell path to their marketing automation product. Right. Yeah. 
I think it's more about owning the lead than it is necessarily yeah. having a pure upgrade path. Then I wouldn't say it's actually freemium. I'd say you you're, say you're, you're no, I wouldn't. Uh, and and I, I've learned this the hard way. Interesting. Um, Greater will not convert into the core HubSpot product without it turning into a lead that's a sales lead. There is no real upsell into HubSpot from Greater. So it needs to be a like a there has to be matching intent model, basically. Yeah, something like that. There has to be matching intent. Without matching intent, you actually don't get to scale the business. It's just you're basically just doing marketing. So you. Look so I'm at, not saying okay. it's bad. I'm just saying you're basically just doing marketing. To me, it's more of the mindset of like product-led growth is like been specifically about like you know oh well, the product sells itself essentially right. Sure. I think it's more of like there are things that you can do in the funnel with product that you don't won't do as well or would be better served by product than like content or sales or something. Yeah. So what I've seen work when companies do things like that, which is basically build free tools for lead gen yeah. is they fail at it because they don't find a path to the conversion. I've seen this over and over again. Mm -hmm. So like for me, when I think about freemium, I am a little bit more of a purist, which is like, how do I match whatever I'm doing for free with the intent of the product? Right, and how do I get someone so that they can get really far along with the core product without actually having to talk to them in the middle? Now, if you have a different business model and you're like, look, we're a company that has a, a big sales team, we do sales, mm. then yeah, you can use your product team to build these free things, but I wouldn't say that they're actually pure play freemium where there's an upgrade path to paid. I would say that there's an intermediary that happens in between where it's like, I'm using these free tools to create leads. And the reason you do that is because a lot of the marketing channels and marketing tactics, you just want other new marketing tactics. Yeah. That's what happens with marketing. Not to say that free tools are bad. I think they're great. But when I think about freemium, I think about not even product-led growth. I just think about literally intent. If we're going to put something out there that's free, we want to make sure that it has intent that starts maybe earlier when people are ready for our product and it gets them into our product. I do think the one thing that hasn't come up with what we've talked about, which is a huge misconception on free and it bugs the shit out of me to be frank. Yeah. Just because it's free does not mean you're the product. <laughs> I think that like, I yeah. hate that quote every time yeah. like uh, a post around freemium yeah. comes like some, yeah. you know, butthead will tweet in or something like that and be like, well, if it's free, then you're the product. And it's like, it that's, that's, it's the it, fault it, of all the it, ad it, worlds it, that, that have created yeah, that mindset. But there's so many freemium based products like Wistia, FYI, ProfitWell, yeah. um, like HubSpot, all these things that they're not monetizing. MailChimp. Yeah. MailChimp. They're not monetizing your data. No. At all. Like no. they might be using the data to make the product better, sure. but, but it's not they're, monetizing They're, they're the not data. using your information violating and making your money privacy. off of it without yeah, your yeah. like, not permission, but without your express consent. Consent. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so that's where, that's where like really bugs the hell out of me when it comes with like some of these freemium trade-offs is yeah. like everyone's like well you must be selling your users data that's not how no. it's going that's true yeah and i think that's important too because i think that when you start thinking about it that way then you can actually think about freemium in a much more product like context yeah rather than thinking about it as like you know a monetization context which i think is the wrong way to think about it so you folks did a whole state of freemium report yeah. And it's like 90 plus pages. Is that right? Yeah, we did. A, yeah. yeah. It's called the freemium manifesto. Oh, there you go. But anyways, with freemium, um, I think the big thing is like, you know, it's the continual value to the user. That's yep. like the biggest, biggest thing here. And then you got to figure out, and, and I'm not a fan of like, oh, we'll figure out how to monetize them sometime. Yeah. I think you need a bit of a plan before freemium. The most successful freemium like companies that we've seen, they typically are free three to four years into the business. Yeah. Now the, the kind of, 
basically the the retort to that is there are some companies who have true growth people sure like i mean like 25 of them in the world you know where they need the freemium up front or the freemium has such an insane network effect that it makes sense to kind of start from the beginning yeah like slack the big thing with freemium is there's so many market dynamics that make it super super worthwhile just to give you a couple of data points um, when we looked at about 650 companies and we looked at their overall customer acquisition cost so first like customer acquisition costs are going up. Like they've been going up steadily the past five, six years and, and probably longer than that, but that's really where we have the data from. And what's really kind of fascinating is if you think about your customer acquisition costs for companies that aren't using a freemium strategy, typically what you'll see is that that customer that cost you about $100 five years ago is now costing you about $160. In a freemium scenario, that customer cost you $100 five years ago is now only costing you 135 Wow. So it's one of those things where there's some huge CAC implications, yeah. uh, mainly because, again, it's that premium ebook, and I say that in quotes, that you're basically getting at for those users. Now, what's kind of fascinating is that beyond just the CAC implications, you have huge retention and customer satisfaction implications as well. Yep. One of the big implications here is around retention. Those customers who converted from freemium, you mean they're a paying customer, but they converted from a freemium basically channel, yeah. they typically have about 10 to just around 15% higher net retention oh, wow. than those individuals who converted from a cold start. So they pay more money. So they pay more money and they're retained at a higher rate, essentially. The other thing that's kind of cool is that, you know, free trial is basically right in the middle of there. So it has about five to 7% better retention, um, those customers who convert for a free trial, but it's still five to 7% lower Lower. than essentially what you're seeing with those customers who convert from freemium. And I thought it was really kind of fascinating, particularly for this discussion, is that those customers who converted from a freemium um, plan are typically looking at a much, much higher NPS, about double the NPS as those who converted from a cold start. Wow. And so NPS is down overall uh, just because, you know, software isn't as magical as it once yep. was. Um, but basically, you know, freemium folks are a lot happier because I think this is the big distinction here is that they're essentially converting on their own terms. I think that's a really big difference. When they want to. Yeah. And you need to think about, at least in my opinion, when you're looking at a freemium strategy, you need to think about your cohorts, not just from a retention perspective, but also from an acquisition perspective. Yep. Someone might come in free, you know, this month, they might not convert for a year. But that's how you kind of prove out is freemium working is basically looking at those cohorts over time and when yep. they convert. And you're not trying to force them within 14 days to make a decision. Nope. We, we talked a lot. We're hyping freemium a lot. Sure. Like, why does it fail? When does freemium fail? What I've seen is that free products that are bloated don't tend to work either. Give me an if example. If they have too many features. What's a good If example? they're really yeah. like, if you start adding, if you start thinking that you need to add a lot of features in your free product yeah. in order to make uh, people use it, mm. but then you're not mindful of basically feature adoption, what ends up happening is you might as well just have charged for the product. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. like people will use like 10% of it. Sure. sure so sure, a free sure. product should have a really tight, strong, intentful use case. And if I were to think about freemium, Another place it fails is if you're only having weekly or monthly usage on it yeah. and it's a usage-based product, Sure. then you end up not giving people enough opportunity to be exposed to the product. Yeah. So then they don't pay. They don't upgrade. I think what's interesting about that is that that's like the inverse of some of the things you're saying is like also a perfect opportunity for freemium. Yeah. So with, with ProfitWell, just speaking from experience, like your reporting is typically not a weekly active usage product. No. It's maybe a monthly active usage at Monthly, at, quarterly. At yeah. And some people are hardcore daily, weekly, but like sure. the net is typically like yeah. monthly. And also that the market we're in for that product it's very difficult to imagine any product being 10x better than another. Right. Three to 5x, maybe? That's typical for analytics, yeah. right? Like you're talking about totally. like 2x at best, but totally. 10x is like, yeah. I mean, your product's 10x better because it's free. 
Sure. Let's just put it out there. Yeah, and if yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, comparable yeah. or better than other products, like like objectively. Yeah. And we think about like yeah. parody plus. That's how we yeah. think about like if Makes it's sense. at parody plus, we're good and we want to get a little yeah. bit ahead. But I think that's where it's like if you have a market that like sits like that, I think that's where it's like ideal to like consider free if anything. Yep. That makes sense. Let's talk about freemium trade-offs. So in terms of trade-offs for freemium, I think there's some like pretty serious things that a lot of people don't think about. Yeah. You need to be good or halfway decent, if not good, at product infrastructure and a number of other things. Yeah. We know that, uh, you know, one of our competitor, uh, Bear Metrics, they tried free and it failed. Yeah. They wrote a post about it. Yeah. And a lot of it came down to like infrastructure, their costs, right? Yeah. We were free from the beginning, so we spun up our infrastructure very, yeah, but very specifically. You have a cost structure to do that. In yeah, fact, like very specifically. The, the majority of the work we're doing at FYI is to make sure we can support our free customers for a long for the long haul. Totally. And that does have to do a lot with infrastructure. Yeah, just making right? sure your AWS you, costs stay down. You can't, if you things. expect millions of users or even hundreds of thousands, yeah. you don't want to be paying a buck per month per user. Yeah, it's crazy. Like You're more like a buck per year per user, at like if even. And getting the right? type of engineers who can spin that up, it's actually not easy. No, that's not easy. Yeah. Because that's like hard hardware type work almost. Yeah, you know, it's close it's to that. Hardware, Even though it's, it's on like AWS or Google yeah, Cloud yeah. or whatever, Azure, totally. um, you're still doing a lot of that. I, I think that's a very strong point, which is like if you can't tolerate the fact that you need to have low costs yep. and you can't build a team around doing that, don't do it. And to me, if you don't have someone who's focused on the precipice between free and paid yeah. or you don't have one of those top 25 you know, yeah. growth hacker type folks, you shouldn't be doing freemium. Yeah, if you can't get, if you don't know how to convert freemium yeah. or don't have a focus on it, I wouldn't even just say one person. I'd say you'd want a team on it. It yeah. could be your whole product team on it for some unforeseeable amount of time in order to get the conversions from free to paid. Otherwise, you won't get them. Yeah. It's a lot of iteration work. I think there is still perception. Like we've we've been working on a lot of product marketing to kind of like reposition uh, ProfitWell in a way, like, and we've been learning a lot from open source, as I mentioned, just in a way that people aren't like, oh, it's free, it must be crap, you know, right. which I think is all, how a lot of people think. Right. And that's that's a big trade-off you have to think about because you're investing a lot of cost into something that is basically a long-term thought, Yeah. which is like, hey, we're going to own this market, we're going to go after this market. You got to really think about like the strategy of like how you're thinking about the short-term trade-offs that you're making because they're not small. Let's switch gears. Let's talk a little bit about like the mindset of a product person on a free who has to manage a free product versus yeah. a not free product. How do you think about that? I'd say that like if you're managing a free product and you can't figure out how to really think through what the customer value is and the intent of the product is when people come into it and then what the intent is over time of the customer. So basically like customer psychology, consumer psychology, user yeah. psychology, and you're not like very good at that, you're going to have to get really good at that because you're looking for the trigger points so that you can actually figure out when to upsell somebody. Yeah. What are the right points? And then more importantly, earlier on, what are the features that are going to get people to pay and how do you discover sure. those? I would say that customer research would be the thing that I would spend way more time on uh, learning as a product person, especially on a free product in general, before, but on a free product before you ship the free product. Yeah. Like, like understand yeah. the, understand what's going on, learn understand your market. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. Learn to ship. Yep. For us, what we've done is we've, we don't want to spam like our users, yep. you know, cause we want them to get value. And because we haven't had time to put in that research, we kind of have been like pretty hesitant. So there's like some upgrade paths and things like that where it's like, you know, it's in the nav and it like very clearly will show you're losing this much money. We can get this much back, yep. that type of stuff. But we've we focused a lot on like 
really making that free experience great. Yep. And then making the paid experience really great. And then over time, we're starting to connect those two. Makes sense. Um, which I think is like tough because I don't even think we've had the resources to really focus on like growing our free base even. Like it's been like a very linear path. Yeah. Um, like some months are a little bit more exponential than others, which is sure. great. But I think it's one of those things where it's like, it's a journey. And I think that's kind of what you're getting at, which yeah. is I think that a lot of people, they think it's just like throw it out there and it'll be fine. It's like, no, it's a product that you have to support. You have to research, you have to think about, and then you have to research and think about in the greater ecosystem of the rest of your company, which is, is, is it's a lot of thought and it's a lot of moving parts, which, you know, is tough for a lot of product teams. Well, also like knowing your, your own DNA. So you folks totally. have always been great at getting salespeople on the phone, right? Yeah. And getting them to buy something. So it makes sense your strategy of like, we built free, yep. right? And we built a product for free. Uh, and we're going to make the product better and better. And then on the other side of it, we built a paid product on yep. top of that free product and we're going to sell the paid product, yep. right? And sell it more direct, Sure. right? And then over time, you figure out how to convert the free to the pay, yeah. right? The way we look at it, maybe to be a little bit more direct is basically we're like, okay, if you're up to a $75 million company, you can use profitable metrics and you'll be pretty happy, Yeah. right? You know, if you're a billion dollar company, you can use all of our other paid products and it's great. Yeah. But it's one of those things for metrics specifically, we're not quite ready for like a five right, million dollar company. Right, the large So you sell them something else. Totally. But yeah. then like over time, like we think about like, how do we raise that up? Makes because sense. all the requirements go up and we can kind of build that over time. So it's a way to like basically get the wave of the market yeah. and not try to like spend a ton of money on just like, hey, we see this future in the next five to 10 years. Let's not try to build that today when the market's a little premature. Let's yeah. like build along with the market. Our contrast is we could be wrong around either the resegmentation or the new market that we're going after. Yeah. And all we're trying to do from a customer research standpoint is figure out how to start really understanding the customer and their behavior so that we can understand basically team dynamics and sure. things like that so we can understand how teams work together. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. it all starts with knowing how people want to pay in the market. Totally. Right? On top of the free plan. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Sweet. So that's freemium. Freemium. You know what else is free? Yeah, I do. What is it? Producttradeoffs.com. If you go to producttradeoffs.com, all of the resources as well as subscribing to these episodes, so you get them in whatever medium you choose, your podcasts, yeah, we got YouTubes, it on audio. your written words, whatever you would Whatever's like. Clever. Make sure you go sign up at producttradeoffs.com. And, and by the way, share this with your friends. Or yeah, why not? you're not friends. Well, our is, should be high, right? Product is not friend so, club, though. No, you're right. But so you should share it with your colleagues. There you go. As well as your acquaintances and there your you family, go. if you want, if you have any folks in the industry. There you go. Cool? Yeah. We'll see you next week. Later.